0: Thank you for listening to our podcast today here at Word of Life. Our prayer is that when you hear us talk, you hear the Holy Spirit speak. We want to make sure you know all about our new online campus. Visit thelifeonline.cc to find our brand new platform where you can find short messages on topics like prophecy, forgiveness, healing, and so much more. Each month, we release multiple new series for you to be able to grow in the knowledge of God and the Bible. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Today, with it being Palm Sunday, I wanted to read uh, about that event out of the book of Luke. And so you can open up your Bibles with me today. uh, Luke chapter 19, and we'll read verses 28 through verse 42. Uh, I'm reading out of the New American Standard Bible, and it's okay if you don't have that translation. It'll also be on the screens for you. Uh, And we'll just come to this place where we kind of see what Palm Sunday is all about, and then we'll teach off of it and take communion. Uh, Luke chapter 19 and verse number 28, it said, And after he had said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem, when he approached Bethpage in Bethany near the mount that is called Olivet. Uh, He sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and there as you enter you will find a colt tied, Uh, on which no one yet has ever sat. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? You will say, the Lord has need of it. Uh, And we'll talk about that at the end of this message. The Lord has need of that. Uh, So those who were sent away uh, found it. And just as he told them, as they were untying the colt, its owner said unto them, hey, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of it. And they brought it to Jesus and they threw their coats on it and the colt, um, uh, put their coats on the colt and put Jesus on it. And as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. And as soon as he was approaching near the descent, and keep that in mind, of the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they have seen. Shouting, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in the heavens and glory on the highest. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said unto him, teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered and said, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. And when he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. Because remember, he's coming down the Mount of Olives. So if you've ever come down a mountain, you're up higher than the city. So he's got like this great view of the city. Uh, And watch what happens here. Uh, When he saw the city, he wept over it, saying, if you had known this day, even you, the things which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. Uh, Palm Sunday. I love Palm Sunday, and I love taking Communion. The first thing I want to talk about is the reason why we will praise God at the end of this service, and the reason why we will take communion to honor the Lord is for the same reason they did. How many of you have seen God perform some miracles in your life? Uh, The miracle of forgiveness, uh, the miracle of grace. Uh, He picked us up when we were down, restored us. Uh, I look at all my life has been through and, and all that my life has seen I've seen death, I've seen destruction, I've seen heartache, but the Lord has delivered me from it all. And like the leper, we come back and we give thanks. Um, I I mentioned earlier that I had been in India. I think this is my eighth time uh, to that nation. And I went over there to dedicate uh, a building that we helped pay for and that was built. It's now a Bible school with dorms and all those other types of things. And so we brought in some graduates who had already graduated from the Bible school to just kind of hold a crusade and kind of a time of prayer for them, an impartation to them before we opened it. Uh, and so went over there to dedicate it, but also to visit uh, orphanages, orphanages that this church has helped build, and also orphanages that many of you support monthly, and I support monthly, and to see a lot of these kids. And Uh, I I tell you, every time I go to India and to the orphanages, just something happens in my heart spiritually because I see what it is like to be a child of God. Um, In India, they say some people, when they estimate how many people live there, it's a nation of 1.7 billion people. So it's a lot of people. And of course, when you have a lot of something, it's tougher to manage it. Um, And so there's not an effective uh, foster care system or adoption-type program, uh, which means uh, there's a lot of hurt children. And uh, not a lot of systems that come and take these children out of hurt are when these children are left somewhere, a system that helps put them in families. Uh, And so these orphanages come and find these kids, and they find these kids with all types of issues um, uh, and subject to all types of abuse. Um, You know, one little girl they rescued who had been left on the side of the road who had been kicked into a a fire by her father uh, and had all the burn wounds and like all these types of things. So like unimaginable things, like literally things that the heart has to really kind of pause for to understand um, the evil that is in this world, but then also what we can do about it. Um, And so, like, I get in these places, and I I see these kids, and my heart, of course, just goes out to them, but you also see the beauty of it, Uh, because most of these children, when they're found, they don't know their name, because they've never been named by someone. Uh, They've been called a lot, but never named. And so they come into these orphanages and they're given a new name. This is who you are. This is your identity. New labels begin to to come on them. They are now called something different than they were called before. Uh, They were now labeled something different than they had been labeled before. They had been given a title and a name. But then also, uh, they don't know how old the kids are because there's not like a birth certificate or anything that comes with them and so they don't know their birthday or even their age and so they give them a new birthday Uh, and out of that forever that day becomes their birthday and they kind of estimate about how old the child is and it's like you are this age and this is your birthday and then they throw a big party for them Uh, And just have this moment where they're celebrated with a new name and a new birthday. Now, here's what's amazing about this. Because I've gone to India, I think the first time I went was like 2008, uh, somewhere along that line. So I've gone a lot and for many years. Uh, And so out of that, I've seen a lot of these kids and I've seen them grow up in this household. I've seen them grow up in this environment. I've seen them grow up in these homes and I've seen them so radically change that for a lot of these kids, you can't even see the past on them. Uh, like you would never know what they walked through. You would never know the abuses that they had to overcome. You would never know the pains that they experienced because they have been in a new house with a new father, given a new, come on somebody, given a new name, given a new birthday. And it just reminds me of why Jesus said what Jesus said in John 3, that you must be born again. That I know not all of us were born in the greatest set of circumstances, and I know in your life you have, may have gone through some drama and some trauma, but here's what I do know, you've got a heavenly father who has come to find you, and wherever he finds you, he wants to put you in his home, he wants to give you a new name, he wants to give you some new labels, he wants to call you some different things, and he also wants to give you a brand new birthday, because you have been born again. Now, here is why I say this, is so many of us, I think, and just like I've seen with these kids, uh, it's so easy that when you're, you're born into a new home or you're in a loving type of environment that we begin to, even without thinking about it, take for granted uh, the life that we have. And uh, I'm so mindful of that when I switch over from India back to America where you, you come into an environment of how much we're marketed to. And all the commercials and things that we see of, like, if you don't have this, you can't be happy. And if you don't eat this, then, of course, like, so many other people are eating better than you. And, like, all these types of things of just saying, like, you need and you should have and, like, all these types of things. And meanwhile, you see a whole other nation that has none of these things but also has probably more joy and peace and love and family um, and all these things. And so you come back and it's like, God, we're so blessed. And my point in saying this is I I think that for those of us who have been in the household of God so long with this loving, redemptive Father who has made us worthy enough to stand before Him uh, and to worship Him and to come boldly into His courts, that it's easy for us, like, you know, the lepers, that when we've been made whole, to just keep on going about our journey and never coming back and give thanks for the miracles that we have seen. (laughs) And so that's what Palm Sunday is, is we are coming to the Lord today and we are saying we have seen some miracles in our lives and for the miracles we have seen, we will give you thanks. You have renamed us, you have claimed us, you have picked us up from a broken place and now, Father, we give you thanks and we give you praise. And I I would love for you to have that moment today and not just today but all of Holy Week Uh, That as we celebrate the Lord's passion, we give him ours. Uh, That we take our passion off of some of the things in the world this week. And we take our passion off of like some apps and some Instagrams and some things. And we take our passion off of some other sports or activities. They'll be fine if they miss one practice. Like uh, off of these all natural things that are good and have their place and in and of themselves. There's nothing wrong with them. But if we pull back and say, you know what, this week during Passion Week, let's have a moment where our passion is going to the Lord for the miracles that we have seen. That God has been so good to us and like they gave him praise on Palm Sunday, we will give him praise today. Uh, Amen. Now, the the story of Palm Sunday is written about in all four Gospels, and, you know, for the sake of time, uh, we won't turn to them today, but I would encourage you this week, kind of read the four Gospel accounts of Holy Week, starting with Palm Sunday, all the way up to Passover, when Jesus turned Passover into what we call communion, um, to his uh, death and his burial, but then also his resurrection. Read those accounts throughout the Gospels. I think it will deepen your faith as we approach Easter. Uh, But one of the things that you see that they did is they cried out, Hosanna, Hosanna unto the Lord. And so as they're waving palms uh, and as Jesus is riding a donkey, which all of these things are symbolic, the donkey was an animal of peace. Uh, kings would often ride in on donkeys after the war was won. Uh, Going to war, they would ride the stallion. After the war was won, they would ride the donkey, which was a type and shadow of peace. And so how many of you know God's not at war with us because of Jesus? We ride on peace, and our king is coming with peace on earth and goodwill to all men. No matter who you are or what you've done, God is at peace with you. He's not angry with you. He's not riding a stallion. Going to war with you. He is riding a peaceful animal coming to bring you peace. Uh, so that's symbolic. The, the palm leaves are symbolic. They're symbolic of victory and they would lay like for a celebration moment like in our culture today, American culture, you would see uh, like a national championship and you would do a parade and like there would be confetti or those types of things to celebrate victory the palms were a type and shadow of victory and a type and shadow of God, you have done great things. Uh, and so they're, they're waving victory. Jesus is riding peace, and his people are crying out, Hosanna. Uh, Hosanna unto the Lord. And what Hosanna simply meant was, Lord, save us. And I think that this is is pretty profound as well as we're, we're taking communion today, is I understand that so many of us have seen God work miracles in our past that we can come back and give thanks for. But one of the things that scripture teaches us is that thanksgiving and praise is not just after a miracle, but it is before you see one. Uh, That because we are people of faith, we will send the praisers out while the enemy is still in the field. Uh, We won't wait for just the enemy to be scattered and then it's like, well, let's give God some thanks. It's like staring the enemy and the test and trial in the face. We send out the praisers because we know our God is greater, our God is stronger, and there's nothing our great God cannot do. Uh, like Paul and Silas, in the middle of prison, we don't wait to give God praise and thanks when we get out of the prison and the chains are off of us. Uh, That even in our darkest hour, in the midnight hour, in the innermost prisons with chains all around us, we don't wait to praise God when those chains come off. But even in the middle of those chains, we lift up our voices unto God, saying, God, I know you will save us. You've saved us in the past you will save us here and now we give god praise even in those moments and so i love on palm sunday this double praise of praise for the miracles that he has done but also praise for the miracles he will do one of your strongest spiritual weapons is praise and thanksgiving uh it, it God inhabits the praises of his people, and if you are going through a tough time and you are going through a moment, uh it's so funny. I'll tell you a personal story. Uh, so, and this is like completely off notes, but it just came to mind. Uh, but this week I was uh you know working and I get all these alerts on my phone from PayPal, uh, and it's like $49, $86, like all these types of amounts just kind of going through, like one after one. I'm like, I have been hacked. Uh, like, <laughs> like, this is not good. Uh, and so I call my wife, and I'm like, something's going on. I'm like, it's because our little guy wasn't feeling good. And so I'm like, you know, it's been on his iPad. Uh, and, like, she's like, yes. I'm like, is he buying stuff? And we go in there, and, like, I start tallying it. It was over $800. Uh, That he had in like nine minutes. I'm like, I don't even know how you could buy that much. So we call Apple, and Apple's like, No. She said, She told my wife, my wife made the call. She's like, Are you sitting down? And she's like, No. She's like, "Mm, Sit down. Uh, She said, It it was actually (laughs) $1,216. And then last night we find out they're not going to reimburse it. I'm like, what do you mean they're not going to reimburse it? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I, I've meditated on we give God thanks after something. Now let's give God thanks before. Father, I just thank you. And so, so, but what I'm saying is, is that often, don't worry, he's still alive. Uh, so out of that, I, I consider pulling an Abraham and like, God, you're not telling me to offer the child. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, So so that, but out of this, we have these moments uh, where we go through things, where just things pop up and these things wear our soul and tax our spirituality. And my point is, is that so many times in those moments, how easy is it to allow our soul to get downcast, for us to remain frustrated, uh, for us to sit back and consider how unfair a situation is or how dark life may be in this moment? And God is saying, no, those that sit in darkness need to shine a great light. Like, how many of you know God is big enough to fix whatever problem is in your life, no matter what that problem may be? And so we don't sit back and play the victim card. This is the victory that overcomes the whole world, even our faith. And so, yes, we give thanks after we have seen a miracle, and we should give thanks for that. But we are also a people of faith that don't walk by sight, but we walk by the convictions of our heart. And we give God thanks and praise before the miracle, crying out, Hosanna, Lord, we know you will save us. And so during worship and communion today, I want you to have that double praise, a praise for what the Lord has done, but also praise for what the Lord will do. Uh, And so to kind of close this out, though, I want to bring your attention to something that happens here in the life of Jesus. Uh, And I just want you, it's, it's rare, honestly, that the Bible kind of cues us into what is the heart of the Lord. And we see his miracles, and we see his teaching, but there are certain passages of Scripture that reveal his heart. And the reason why these passages of Scripture are so important is for those of us who are legitimate about developing, our, legitimately trying to d- develop our spirituality and to take our walk with the Lord in a deeper way. You need to see his heart because the way you know you are growing as a Christian is your heart begins to mirror his. And watch what happens here in Luke chapter 19, in verse number 41. When he approached Jerusalem, he sees the city, and he weeps over it. And the reason why he's weeping is in spite of like all these miracles going around their homes and in their their world, there is still a large segment of the population that has no peace And they're not trying to find it in Jesus. And so he sees this, and when he sees it, his heart is just moved with compassion. And he begins, our Savior, our King, our Lord, in the middle of everyone who knows him, praising him for the miracles he has done, and praising him for the miracles he will do. Can you imagine this moment? He's literally descending the Mount of Olives, coats on the ground, palm trees being waved, hosanna to the highest. You've got everyone praising your name, but you're looking out, seeing a city that you know is broken and hurting, and you're weeping over it. Like, can, can you picture this moment of they're praising his name and tears are streaming down his face because he is so mindful Of the lack of peace in a city and a people who are not trying to find that peace in him. And what I want you to do, we're in this series, like a voice in the wilderness, that someone has to prepare the way, that none of us got to where we got here today without the help of others. For me, it was my grandmother, uh, my father, my mother. I've had pastors uh, who helped me during my lowest and darkest moments come and return to the Lord. And what I'm asking you to be um, is that person in someone else's life, because I I know that for so many of you, Jesus is weeping over your neighbors, and Jesus is is weeping over your schools, and Jesus is weeping over the the families and, and sons and daughters of the people that you love. And the reason why is he knows that even though like here in Jackson, Mississippi, where we have miracles all around us in this church, the miracle of what's going on in Word of Life and these types of things and all these exciting moments, like just miracles all around us, but yet in the middle of all these miracles, there's still people who don't know him. And Jesus turned to his disciples and he told his disciples, I need you to go and tie something. Go and tie this donkey. It's been bound by things. Go and tie this donkey. And if anyone asks you why you're untying it, say, The Lord has need of it. And just as that donkey took him from the Mount of Olives all the way into Jerusalem, into that city he was weeping over, the Lord has need of you. And the Lord has need of you to be his hands and feet. The Lord has needs of you to, to be able to, 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 for you to take him just as that donkey took him into that city, for you to take him into your schools, for you to take him into your friends, for you to take him into your neighborhood, for you to, to lower your pride and surrender your heart and begin to take Jesus into these places. in India, Uh, I was there and um, this year already we have given about $800,000 at this point of the story, $800,000 to other ministries and, and missions. The Lord spoke to me at the start of this year about Philippians 2 of let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, who though he had everything, made himself a servant, took on the form of a servant. He humbled himself and became obedient to the cross and a particular... Um, A verse in there says he emptied himself and the Lord spoke to my heart and said Joel for you this year it will be a year of emptying and I'm like Lord what will that even look like and one of the ways it's been is um, this emptying of of finances of esteeming others more important than ourselves and it's really challenged me in the most healthy way because like never before as you can imagine with multiple campuses and more things um, you, you need more uh, and so out of that, um, you know, to come and have all these things where it's like, okay, Fondra needs this, and Highland Kala needs this, and Lakeland needs this, and Poindexter needs this, uh, that will I esteem other ministries and missions as more important than us. Amen. And so the Lord has emptied us, and we have become the servant. So we had done this, and we're actually, we actually went to to go serve one of these, these buildings that we had paid for. Uh, And we're there, and while I'm there, the Lord speaks to my heart and tells me, I want you to pay for the next floor, and, like, just cut a check for the next floor, which would be about $200,000. And have you ever wrestled with the Lord? (laughs) Like, have you ever come to this place where it's like, Lord, considering what I have done, and where we are now, uh, like, could we wait, uh, or do something different, or is this really you, uh, you know, all those types of things, but it got so big in my heart, and I went out to go pray on the second level, and it just got confirmed, and I made a decision, we're going to do it, we will do it. And so I walk down the steps, and I'm feeling, like, really spiritual. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like that where it's like, yeah. Like, maybe after, like, the first time you tithe, it's like, yeah. Like, you feel really good about yourself? It's like, yes, I love the Lord. Uh, you know, th- this type of thing. So, like, I'm feeling really good about my my spirituality. I walk down the steps, and this pastor meets me there, this this beautiful human Uh, Indian man like just so filled with God come and meets me and he tells me he's like Pastor Joe I want to thank you for your message last night you preached on emptying yourself he said those are the same verses God dealt with me about this year and he said I I pastor uh, home churches all throughout Calcutta And, um, you know, we've established these things for many years. And he said, I really saw this past year of how they needed to be funded more. And the Lord showed me I was to empty myself. And he said, so me and my wife, we sold our apartment. uh, And now we live in a tin shed. And you wouldn't understand that unless you've seen it. And I'm sitting here like my eyes are beginning welling up with tears because here we are, like with these things, and I'm thinking I'm emptying myself. But then to hear about what this man has done and his heart for the Lord just immediately took my faith deeper. And I asked him, I said, Now, why would you do that? And he said, Pastor Joel, I have one heart and one goal. He said, It's this I have one goal and it's one soul as many times as possible and I turned away and honestly like I, I began to like, just well up with tears because it wasn't like the Christian response he was giving of like stock things like I love the Lord or like I really care about people or, he meant it his one goal in life is one more person for the Lord as many times as possible. And if I've got to sell my flat in order to get one more soul, I'll sell the flat to get one more soul because it is what I want in this life more than anything else is someone else to come into the house that there have been people who have been kicked into life's fire and if we don't go get them and get them in the house, they never will know the Father. They never will know healing. They never will know protection. They'll never be renamed. They'll never be rebirthed. They'll never have a moment where they're called something different, labeled something different. They'll never have a moment of restoration. They'll never have a moment where they can live in the house long enough until you meet them five years later and there's no trace of the past even on them because the goodness of of the father but just like someone has to leave the orphanage to go find the children occasionally we have to leave the father's house to go out and compel a world that is not looking for him to come to the table because at the table there is a feast for all who come and i want to encourage you this week who's your one soul one time this week, who is your person you need to outreach to? Who is your person your heart needs to break for? A donkey is a beast of, bur- a beast of burden. Who, who has your heart? Who needs to see Jesus in your life? Who needs to see his grace? Who needs to see his love? Who needs to see his forgiveness? Who needs to come to the Father's house? I want to encourage you. Go get them, Go find them, And during communion, have this moment where you make a decision to do so. I'm going to pray over communion for all of our campuses and then we'll break and we'll go into worship. And as we worship, feel free to take communion uh, after we pray over it. And let's make a decision to give God praise for what he has done, give God praise for what he will do, and let the Holy Spirit show us who we need to have a burden for. Let's pray today. Father, we come before you, we thank you for your mighty works. We thank you, Father, for what you have done in our lives and our families and our homes. Father, we thank you for your goodness and grace that has been so readily available to each one of us. And so, Father, during communion today, when we we break your, your 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 body with the breaking of the bread and we drink of the juice which is symbolic of the blood of Jesus. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. We do so with honor. Because there have been so many moments in life where we should have been broken, but your hand of grace came and picked us back up. There's so many sins and faults and failures that should have broken us, but because your body was broken, you picked us back up. There are so many times where sickness and disease may have tried to come in and ruin something, but out of that brokenness, you healed us. And you made us good as new. Father, we thank you. We give you thanks for the miracles that have been done. And, Father, I also know that some people in this room are facing some obstacles and facing challenges at Highland Colony online here at Lakeland. And, Father, we thank you that today we give you thanks and praise, not just for the victories you have brought us, but for the victories that you will bring us. We thank you, Lord, for it. And, Father, when we drink of the juice, let us be mindful that you have forgiven us of our past and our sins and set us free. And give us a a heart for someone in our own life that maybe we need to bring to church or maybe we need to to give an invite card to or maybe we need to pray for or bless with something to awaken their hearts to your goodness and grace. Father, I thank you that just as we have been forgiven, let us be ministers of reconciliation who will bring forgiveness into the lives of others. We love you, Father, so much. And as we worship, we give you great praise and great thanks. For you are forever worthy. In Jesus' name.